Hello and welcome back to the Loathsome Things podcast. I am one of the hosts, Josh, and with me today, as in almost every other time we've done this, is the other host of this show, John. John? <laughs> yes, sir. Yes. Hello. You're there? Hello, I'm here. Oh, oh, good, good. Uh, John, what are we, what are, what are we watching today? <laughs> today, we, we, we were, we are, we're, we're watching uh, a little, a little movie called Jug Face. Jug Face. It's not what you think. It's not what you think. It's a uh, 2013 film, a uh, relatively small budget uh, horror movie, of course. Made by a, a fella named Chad Crawford Kinkle. Yes, yes. The <laughs> Chad Crawford, okay, sounds legit. Kinkle, all right. We've got a problem. No, I don't think so. <laughs> oh, wait, I just saw the movie. Totally apt. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, unlike what the title would suggest, this is not a mashup of Buckethead and uh, Insane Cat Clown Posse. This is actually just a movie about... A society that uh, is very fond of pottery. They do enjoy their pottery and moonshine. Yeah, shine. <laughs> they do. They do likes them the shine. Yeah, and not just any shine, like fancy shine. Shine what's got cherries in it. <laughs> Y'all like cherries? We got cherry shine. Yeah, got that apple shine. Got that peach shine. None <laughs> of that just straight up clear liquid shine. Although at one point they. <laughs> It is referred to as, it's face peeler. It's real strong. <laughs> That's right. It's face peeler. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> is that a good, good thing? <laughs> I know. <laughs> I don't know what kind of society is exactly outside of them that they need to buy bootleg moonshine, even though they have cell phones. And it's like, it's obviously the 21st century. <laughs> So yeah, nobody told them. I guess it's a dry county. Yeah, I, yeah, I guess that's the deal. I guess so. Otherwise, they'd have to switch to what this community seems like they're actually more made for, which is meth <laughs> and rape. Yeah. <laughs> oh, come on, it's hard. Actual line from the movie. <laughs> But it gets even better. It's so worse. <laughs> uh, John, would you recommend that people watch this movie before we spoil it? Or would you recommend that they just listen to us? Oh, I would definitely recommend that they watch it. It's it's worth a watch for sure. Yep. Um, I enjoyed it. And uh, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's not the kind of movie that uh, you, you need to have like, it's best to just watch it without having it be spoiled, I think. What yep. do you think? I, I agree. I agree. Go watch it. It's out there. It's it's freely available. It is it is uh, the first of Chad Crawford Kinkle's two movies. His other movie out there is Dementor. Mm -hmm. You can go watch that after you've watched this if you thought this was great. Uh, but yeah, do watch it. it uh, this movie stars Lauren Ashley Carter as Ada, and you'll probably recognize her from a bunch of other horror movies. If you are like us and we 
tend to watch horror movies on the free streaming services. <laughs> uh, she's been in Black Sight, Pod, The Woman, Arctic, Darling, and Darlin'. Yeah, I've seen, uh, well, let's see, I've seen Pod, Darling, uh, there's another one in there, but she's she's great. She's very, she's got an instantly recognizable face. She has huge eyes. Yeah, she got them big old eyes, though. Good, good uh, genre actor. She's done, she's done well for herself. Uh, yep. Within the horror genre specifically. Yep, yeah. The camera loves her. She does a great job. I would say this movie, like the acting is unsteady at times, but at no point did I not believe that she was a real character. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's got all the kind of the low budget hallmarks. Um, but at the same time, you know, there are some, there's some notable people in this film, including her, um, and, uh, some big names even, or at least one. And, yep. uh, well, I guess it's not, that's not a, a spoiler, but that's, uh, Sean Young. Yep. Sean Young is in here. She plays evil mom, Loris. <laughs> yeah. Loris. You might know her better as Rachel from Blade Runner and Blade Runner 2049, or mm-hmm. as Chani in David Lynch's Dune. She's also in Ace Ventura. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she is. <laughs> she's obviously a Hollywood vet. She's been around for a long time. She's kind of been in and out of the industry a little bit. So it's it's nice to see her again. Yep. And her performance was, eh, was a little a little campy. It was. It was uh it sometimes it, it felt like she wasn't in the same scene as everyone else, especially yeah. when it comes to volume, because she just like everyone else is having a conversation. She's like, Hey <laughs> Yeah. She's Sean Young's the all over the place. <laughs> Come over here and let me check your vagina. <laughs> Gosh, yeah, she's on fire in this movie, uh, and she was uh, had, uh, has also been in another Lauren Ashley Carter movie, uh, Darling. She was in Darling with Lauren Ashley Carter. Yes, sir. Um, what uh, what else? Yeah. Oh, yes. Also, the uh, the fine fine actor and director and writer uh, Larry Fessenden is in this. Yes, movie. the inimitable yes. Larry Fessenden. He's awesome. Dustin. He's been in pretty much everything. He uh, wrote, directed, and starred in a film called Habit, which is kind of a take on the vampire genre. It's, and uh, it's it's a really cool film. I recommend it. Um, if you don't know who he is and you look him up and see his face, you'll recognize him immediately. But he's been in a lot of horror films as well. He was in uh, a Dementor uh, yeah. by, by Kinkle. Uh, he was in House of the Devil. He was in Pod with Lauren Ashley Carter. Yep. And yep. he was also in uh, Session 9, among other things. Really? I didn't even spot that in there. I forgot about that, but yeah, Holy I guess he was in there. shit. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he was in, right now, Jacob's Wife is is pretty popular right now. He's in there. He was in Southbound, that cool uh, anthology mm-hmm. movie. Um he was, yeah, he was in Pod with Lauren Ashley Carter, and he was in Darling with Lauren Ashley Carter and Sean Young. Oh, that's right, yeah. And he, uh, <laughs> the guys from another horror podcast, which I highly recommend, uh, the Forever Midnight Ooh. podcast, they, uh, <laughs> I forget what the movie was, but it was probably House of the Devil. But when they reviewed that movie, they kept referring to him as Frack Jickelson. <laughs> <laughs> I think they even had T-shirts made with Frack Jickelson on them. (laughs) 
Yeah. He's a he's, poor man's Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Yeah. If a, if a poor man's Jack Nicholson and a poor man's Nicholas Cage just was in a movie, this guy could do it. <laughs> he's Jackalus Nage. Yes. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> Mind blown. Whoa. <laughs> I want pictures of that baby. <laughs> Put him in the pit. <laughs> I love how in this movie some people like say pit as if it's two syllables and then other people just spit it out like a wad of chaw. <laughs> I'm going to go down to the pit. <laughs> That's right. It's uh yeah, it's quite a mishmash of, of hillbilly stereotypes. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. Also in this movie is Sean Bridgers as DeWa. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he played opposite Lauren Ashley Carter in The Woman. So mm-hmm. if you've seen The Woman, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, those two. Yeah. Uh, he was also in Children of the Corn 2, The Final Sacrifice. Nice. Nell. He was in Nell, which mm-hmm. I think is where he is channeling some of that Nell business in this mm-hmm. movie. And he was uh, a regular on Deadwood. Ah, nice. He was. Uh, he was also in Room. <laughs> no, the Room. The no, the movie Room, the one where the lady uh, grows up. She's been abducted by this creep, and she, you know, spends most of her or a big chunk of her life locked up in this room Ooh. in the guy's backyard, and she has a baby by him, and she ends up escaping and all this stuff, and it's, um, it's it's a pretty decent movie actually. Huh, neat. I'll have to, I'm adding that to my little list right now. Yeah. Um, Oh, and finally, we have um, Daniel Manch uh, Mm. in his final acting role as Jessaby. You might know him better as J.J. Snyder from 94 episodes of As the World Turns. Wow. Yeah. This was his final role, huh? Yeah, yeah, he uh this this is it for him. I, it looks like he was a child actor mm-hmm. and then he did this as an adult. Are you, like, so did he die or is he just just no, didn't make movies anymore? I think I think after this he was just done. He was like, "No, nah, I don't like it anymore." Hey, you know what? This sucks. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be in things where I have to be real sweaty and gross all the time. <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. It's a very dirty movie. Yes, this movie is uh, amazing sets. Uh, it has to be like they had to have scouted like an actual place to film this. Because oh, yeah, it's just horrendous. I can't imagine someone like slapped this together. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. I'd say, I know it's shot in Tennessee, but I didn't yeah. really get any, any more background information than that. I I looked, but I couldn't find it. It was just, yeah, just Nashville, Tennessee is like the official filming location. But like they had to have been like, oh, yeah, we know just the place. <laughs> I got just the hellhole for yeah. you. No, they all just left. <laughs> Foreclosed, you might say. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and finally, this movie features the pottery stylings of Jason Malk. Uh, who is an actually awesome jug face sculptor and provided the jug faces for this movie. Yeah, the jug faces are actually pretty cool. Yeah, uh, they don't look... Well, no, we'll get there. Yeah. But yeah, they're badass. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So turn this off, pause it, go watch the movie, and come back where we uh, we uh, spoil the ending? Yeah. Yeah, and all of the things before it. Yeah. Okay, bye. <laughs> and we're back. And we're back. <laughs> John! <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, let's see. This movie opens. This movie has uh, an opening credit sequence that tells a story, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah. Very. Uh, I guess it's supposed to be like chalk. I guess, or yeah. crayon or chalk or or just whatever fluids we could find that would stick to the side of something. Yeah, it's a pretty, pretty uh, kind of rugged drawing style, and and so yeah, like we're seeing credits, but we're, we get this little narrative uh, told to us. Yeah, yeah, it tells a story about a little podunk Christian community that gets some kind of a pox, and uh, there's uh, someone in the village is a potter, and he goes to a pit that uh, they have dug or just exists in the woods and uses dirt from the pit to make a jug face, and it turns out that the face on that jug face is the pastor of the village, and so they take him to the pit and cut his neck open and spill his blood into the pit. And uh, then all of the town is saved from the pox as a result. Yay. Yeah. It's, it's a really weird little, little cartoon, but uh, it sets up the movie quite nicely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It gives you a pretty good idea of how twisted these people are. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a little thing in there where like the, the potter is like holding something out. I don't understand what it is exactly, but it never really gets. Oh yeah. I don't remember what that was. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what that was. I remember. I don't remember. Yeah. It's like, he's holding up some sort of weird white thing and maybe that's like a demon spirit or something. Who could say? I don't know. Was it, was it the horn thing? I guess that would have been more clear. Oh, maybe it's the horn. Okay, that makes sense, I guess. Sort of. Yeah. Let us know, Chad. Yeah. Mr. Kinkle, if you could please <laughs> give us a, t- a, t- a tingle. Yeah. Chris Chris Kinkle. <laughs> um, the movie opens for real on Ada and Jessaby running. At first, it kind of looks like a girl is sincerely running through the woods hiding from someone, but then it's just a... Uh, it's just Ada and Jessaby playing around, horsing around, you might say, wrestling a little, little. Uh, and uh, then it turns out that Ada doesn't want to have sex with Jessaby right by the pit. Yeah. But uh, he's Jess- like, yeah. come on, because I'm hard. <laughs> I'm a hardy hard. <laughs> so they go further off into the woods to have sex. Meanwhile, in, in a split screen, kind of straight out of uh, Don't Look Back, uh, or Don't Look Now, damn it, God. <laughs> um, uh, there's a ghost-esque pottery scene happening. So, like, we see them having sex while somewhere someone else is doing pottery on a pottery wheel. <laughs> and a bubbly pit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's also a, a X-Lax or a Gas-X needing pit somewhere, just a bubbling crude working up. It's all reddish, kind of like like red clay colored. And we see Dewey, which is Sean Bridgers, doing his uh, his best What If Will Ferrell Had Been a Character in Nell. <laughs> oh my god, it's true. <laughs> yeah. And he's putting a jug head into the old kiln while the pit has possessed him and is making whiny bubble noises. Oh, it's just delightful. <laughs> it's so gross. Uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, the the Will Ferrell vibes come off of him real strong. Yeah, they really do. He did do a great job, I have to say. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's like, ooh, cringe. It's a little cringe, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but most of the time, I, I think I believed it. I mean, he really, he's, he is like a pretty brutal stereotype. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, it's, the simple country guy. Yeah, the, uh, the, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> impaired. Um, yeah. That, there you go. Yeah. The impaired, the impaired magic powers character. <laughs> yeah. Straight out like, of Stephen King. Yes. Yeah, and Midsummer and, and, yeah. And, Everything oh god else. i didn't even think of that yeah wow yeah oh <laughs> <laughs> dog so um they back home ada uh is greeted by her parents and another family where she finds out that she is engaged to bodie jenkins you and bodie gonna get joined yeah y'all y'all gonna be joined uh there's uh Let's see, the, the future mother-in-law is like, if she's being true, <laughs> the dad signs a marriage contract with a healthy dose of thumb blood. Just a wee bit of thumb blood. Just, just got to get a little smidge of thumb blood on there. By the way, after she's done uh, banging Jessaby, <laughs> uh, she mentions that his your skin feels different. Yeah, yeah, his skin his skin's so hot. Yeah, it feels different. <laughs> This is the first set we get of this uh, this authentic location. Like it is outside of a, a trailer home. It's got the the stairs that are built into the side of it that go up, but they don't go all the way to the ground. So yeah. it's just built up on cinder blocks put together to make extra steps that go up to it. Yeah, <laughs> there's real nice. Yeah, it's super authentic. There's there's uh, uh, like galvanized steel sheeting with like rust spots, and there's the old. Um, uh, like the cover that you would put over the flat top of uh, the flatbed of a pickup truck, and it's just like out in the grass, and grass has grown up inside of it. Yeah, it's disgusting. Yeah, it's 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 definitely someone's actual yard. <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. Oh my god. Yeah, Ada says that she wants to. She's all she's upset because she doesn't want to, you know, marry Bodie. Yeah, and so she. Uh, oh, she's real handsome. Yeah, and uh, so she announces, "I I just want to go pray by the pit," mm-hmm. and then she runs off, heads to the to Dewey's shed, <laughs> and uh, apparently, like, whips out a blood jar. What? <laughs> I think it's just red paint. Oh, paint. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> and she loads up loads up her panties with red paint, so it looks like she's having a period. Yeah, and then goes washes her hands in the river. And uh, she sees some sort of creature in reflection behind her. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And uh, that's the end of that. She turns around. Of course, there's nothing there. Yep. Yep. And uh, uh, then she goes back to the back to the shed to visit with Dwy. Mm-hmm. Um, we see that Dwy has a jug face shrine set up uh, <laughs> in one edge of his hut where he lights candles and... Uh, we learn that the two of them are friends. He's excited for her engagement, and he offers to play her favorite song. That's right. <laughs> That's right. But she she declines. She tries to get him to come for dinner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, part of her journey is she's got to bring everyone over for dinner. Yeah, but he doesn't want he doesn't want to. He's bummed out because he might be a little sweet on her. Maybe a little. <laughs> so, yeah, on her way out, she she. Uh, discovers the uh, jug in the kiln. Mm-hmm. And it's a little picaroo. Little picaroo. Hey, it's her. 
Oh, maybe. <laughs> Who knows? It doesn't look like her. It doesn't look anything like her, but she picks it up and is instantly horrified because obviously it is her, even though it looks nothing like her. Yeah, I thought that was a little. I was like, um, is it just me or does that not look like her? Yeah, it does. Could, could that pretty much be anyone in the entire group? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, okay. So, so she freaks out and uh, hides hides the jug face. Goes and hides it so mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, nobody will find it. Yeah. It's, you know, not a great plan, but. Yeah. But we don't really understand what the consequences of that would be yet. That's true. That's and true. I don't think she does either. Yeah. Um, She goes back home. Uh, we find out that her mother is uh, disgusting in the no back talk, do what your husband tells you sort of way. Oh, yeah. She's a real charmer. Yeah, and then she's like, hey, get over here. Let me inspect your menstrual fluids. She wants to make sure that she's pure. Yeah. Uh, actual croak from the movie. Oh, you dripping then? Oh, God. <laughs> she is disgusting. And apparently, this is this is uh, Sean Young. Apparently, Sean Young had a really hard time doing this. She <laughs> yeah. did not enjoy playing this character. Yeah, she didn't like being such a horrible person, apparently. Yeah, yeah. and she is. She is just a horrible person. <laughs> Yeah, she's she's her character is terrible. Yeah, uh, she's super loud all the time. The house is gross. She's always just smoking in it and so drunk that she can't grab her cigarettes, and it's it's horrible. Yeah, these people are uh, they're something else, and and like we'll get into it later when we explain what's you know what's going on. But I, I have some some problems with just their whole setup. Like, <laughs> Given given the situation they're in, but we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, it's ultra poverty, southern southern white backwood ultra po- poverty, mountain folk. Yeah, it's it's not okay. <laughs> no, it's bad. Um, so uh, uh, we 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 switch from this conversation where they're talking about her her menstrual cycle to and from her saying you drip and then to. Uh, camera switch to blood dripping into a bucket as Sustin drains a deer. I'm guessing that this is Chad Crawford Kinkle's melted mouse slash ketchupy cheeseburger moment. Yeah. Where he was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Such a feminist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, boy. Good. <laughs> Jessupy shows up. And uh, that's when we find out that Ada and Jessaby, lovers, are brother and sister. <laughs> oh, good. Oh, yes. <laughs> Up until this moment, I had a lot of respect for these people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> these, these two sweaty woodfuckers are just uh, bro and sis. <laughs> Later, we even see they sleep in the same room facing yeah. each other. Yeah, that was that wasn't creepy at all. Two twin beds, one nightstand, just laying there gazing into each other's sweaty eyeballs. (laughs) (sighs) (sighs) Don't worry, their parents don't suspect a thing. (laughs) Yeah, their parents are real dumb. 
We also see that Sustin is really bad at dressing a deer because while he did get it to the point that it's dripping out into a bucket, most of dressing a deer, according to him, is just stabbing a deer repeatedly in uh, the same back hole that he's created. Just giving it a deer gina. <laughs> yeah, just going for it. It's like, wow, okay. I fucking I... hated this deer. <laughs> Might take you a while, buddy. <laughs> And all that's just going on in the background while nonsense is happening in the foreground. We find out that uh, Jessaby finds out that she's getting married. He's not upset. He's just like, about time. Yeah. yeah. And then then it's the party. It's that night. Yeah. Cut to hoedown. <laughs> I'd like to thank the pit and raise this jug of shine. Oh, man, it is like the most stereotypical thing. Like, yeah. it's just it's like, it's just so ridiculous. It looked like a like a terrible video from the nineties or something. <laughs> yep, yep. It is. It is a jug band which doesn't have a jug player in it, which I thought was like really a missed opportunity. <laughs> You've got a jug band going, but no jug. Come on, you. They've even got the like the wash basin bass guitar yeah it's uh, not like there's a shortage of jugs yeah they've got jugs galore <laughs> jugs aplenty yeah they could they could just all jug band <laughs> it'd be like a jug orchestra <laughs> but in amongst in amongst this jug band is abby the spoon lady the youtube sensation actual backwards spoon lady yeah she fit right in yeah she it wasn't outstanding to see her because she's just Felt real. <laughs> she, she just wandered by, and they grabbed her for the for the hoedown scene. <laughs> oh, it's you! <laughs> Get your spoons, honey. Yeah, which I guess is a testament to just how like horrifically authentic this movie feels. Yeah, that's true. Uh, um, let's see. Uh, Jessipe uh, does a speech at dinner. He says, uh, <laughs> "Jesus Christ, this is gross." <laughs> He says, Bodie, you're getting a good one, I tell you that. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was brutal. Yeah. That's all. That was his entire speech. Yeah. No one thought that was weird. Nope. <laughs> Normal. We see that uh, Dewey plays with the children who like to beat him up. Mm-hmm. They climb all over him and because he's just like a big teddy bear. We see uh, Jess B has gotten drunk and he's mad at Ada and tells her that she's on her own. She's on her own. And then he uh, kind of confronts Dewey and yeah. calls him the R word. Yeah. Great stuff. Just jumps right out with that. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, good. Good business. Wonderful people. <laughs> um meanwhile Bodie's mom is being a total bitch to Loris uh they're all sitting on a stoop smoking cigarettes and being unpleasant um she's like well if your daughter you know turns out that she actually isn't some kind of a horrible slut <laughs> to which Loris replies don't worry your pretty little head about it she was just dripping today <laughs> god so I think I think pretty much everyone suspects that she's got a thing going with uh, with what's his name, Dwy. Dwy, yeah, he's sweet. He's sweet on her. Yeah, and and they're friends, and she spends time with him, and every, all throughout the movie, people are like you always spend time up there. 
Yeah, because he's the only person that's nice. Yep. <laughs> There's some other girl that uh, asks asks Ada about her brother. Like, has he asked anyone? You know, is he sweet on anyone? She's like, do you want me to mention your name? Yeah, this is like really fishing there. Yeah. Which we find out like there's not a whole lot of uh, of potential in this town. Apparently, she is shouldn't have been surprised that Bodie asked for her because there was no other eligible bachelor in yeah. this world. Yeah, that's pretty much pretty yeah. much the sum total there. Yeah. So I can't imagine that there's a a whole bunch of alternatives for that girl other than Jessica. I wonder who's I'm going to be joining with. Uh, That one creepy background dude that never gets a line? No. (laughs) Oh, Uh, yeah. God. She, uh, her mom tells her to go take some cold, nasty beans to grandpa and says, don't worry, he won't complain. Yeah, Uh, she's right about that. Yeah. While she's with Grandpa, who does not talk and seems to only vaguely understand words, uh, she tells him that the uh, she knows who the next jug face is, uh, and that it's her, all while random guitar music plays. And that's the first part in the movie where I noticed like just real random music going on in the background. Yeah, me too. It was suddenly just yeah. yeah, all kinds of various electric guitar, various dis- distortions. It's very strange. Yeah, it was a little it was a little over the top. Yeah, this is not one of those wow, the sound design on this movie's great type of movies. No. 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 The gore yeah. effects, however, quite good. Yeah, yeah, they're okay. They're they're sparse. The sparse, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but used relatively well. Yeah, there's a really good hand at one point. Yeah, looks looks pretty real, actually. Yeah. yeah. A pit full of guts, maybe? <laughs> pit full of guts. Oh, no, the pit. <laughs> um, the next day, Sustin and Ada are going into town, and Sustin <laughs> goes and roadkills himself a dinner possum. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> they see him. You see them driving, and he's like, oh, here we go. And then he does a little swerve. You hear him bump over something, and he goes and picks up the dead possum out of the road. Well, looky here, Loris. I got me a dinner possum. <laughs> yeah, disgusting. So but that tells you the, the level of poverty we're dealing with here. Like, that was a fortuitous moment. Yeah, these people are not doing well. Uh, Ada and Sustin have a whole conversation about marriage in the pit, and she wants to know if the pit's ever taken a baby, and he's like, yeah, sure has. <laughs> yep. In town, we see that Sustin has a glove compartment gun that he brings with him to sell moonshine to the local pharmacist. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, Ada's inside the pharmacy stealing a pregnancy test while, uh, a country song plays, oh, baby, sweet baby. Yeah, yeah, she's ostensibly there to buy a three-pack of panties. <laughs> was it panties or, like, tampons? Oh, I thought it was panties, like, tight, like ladies' version of tidy whiteies or something. Okay, I thought, I thought it was, like, feminine hygiene products because later her mom says, make them last, which I was like, ooh. Yeah, and I think she's talking about the panties. Okay. Which okay. is even more disgusting. <laughs> yeah. You only got three pair. <laughs> 
make them last. Ugh. Either way, unpleasant. Yeah, I bet that place smells great. Oh, you know it. That's like generations of sweat in there. <laughs> yeah, so for some reason, this pharmacist buys moon like illegal moonshine out of the back of a hillbilly's truck. Yeah, I guess he resells it through the shop somehow or something. Yeah, it's half apple, half peach. He's like, oh, these are both big sellers right now. So, like, apparently this town is just thirsty for moonshine. Yeah, and like you said, maybe they're, maybe it's a dry county or a dry town. Or yeah, I just I, I can't imagine this scenario, but what do I know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She goes home and takes the pregnancy test after her mom tells her to make whatever that three-pack is of last. Yeah. Uh, she takes the pregnancy test, and congratulations, you preg. Yeah, congratulations, terrible news. The, you can see the pit is starting to get cranky. <laughs> she sees a little, a little shitty uh, special effects boy in the woods, and he tells her, it's awake. <laughs> yeah. Ada begins to see through the pit's eyes, which apparently the pit is a spirit that can roam around. Yeah. And uh, it roams around over to the river where she had just been with Bodhi's sister and kills Bodhi's sister. Yeah. Uh, Like, really kills her. Yeah, kills the fuck out of her. Like, murder carnage. Yeah, and, like, drags her back to the pit while, like, pulling off chunks and leaving them as, like, a little dotted line all the way there. Yeah, like, leaving a meat trail. Yeah, so it's like, I think it went all the way back to the pit, and then we see at the pit, the mom's there, we see just, like, a a dismembered hand and other body chunks strewn about the pit. Yeah, and so we realize that Ada has some sort of, uh, you know, uh, pit beast precognition. I guess we should describe the pit. The pit is like the height of, or the depth of a person's height, maybe a little bit deeper. Mm-hmm. And, you know, like maybe like six, eight feet across. Yeah. Uh, it's just, it's just dug into the ground. There's still roots sticking out of the sides. It's, it's just a pit. And in the bottom, it's always wet always wet there's always water depending on you know sometimes it looks like clay sometimes it looks real bloody such as now after this island poor island girl has been completely slaughtered yep island girl island i think her name was oh okay e-i-l-e-n oh like are those real names i don't i mean like you know names from like that area or something i have no idea i don't know maybe uh maybe he did like a a fantasy random name generator he's like why why perfect it's either for my dark elf or for my character <laughs> that's right right now it's it's all red and gross in the bottom sometimes it's bubbly sometimes it's bubbly but the footage is in reverse so that it looks like the bubbles suck in and it gets calm yeah that's the neat effect yeah uh, unbubbly yeah it bubbles yeah yeah and uh, so they, they're there. She's with uh, she's with that girl's mom and they blow the old horn. Uh, good old Ram's horn. Yeah, the good old pit alarm horn. And all the locals come come gather around. And I guess at this point, we now know that this isn't just a creepy cult that worships a hole in the ground. The pit is a real deity that apparently can wander around, grab you and tear you to pieces as it drags you towards itself. 
Yes, it demands an inordinate amount of sacrifices, mm-hmm. um, which for whatever reason they uh, are notified of this through Dewey. Dewey. Because he's simple and special. Mm-hmm. He can make and the jug faces. He makes the jug faces, which, you know, okay, sure. Well, that's yeah. okay. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, when, so when, when the pit gets angry, because uh, maybe the thing that was supposed to be, the person that was supposed to be sacrificed weren't sacrificed, it won't go and kill that person. It will kill other people until its sacrificial needs are met. Yeah, pretty much just punishes the group. And yeah. this is where, you know, this is at the point where I'm starting to wonder like, well, okay, so what the fuck are they getting out of this deal? You know, which, because obviously there's some sort of pox or some sort of plague. Cause you see that in the opening uh, montage scene or not the montage, but the like the cartoon cartoony drawing opening. Um, and so, I mean, you can kind of guess what's going on, but they don't tell you yet. It really is a secret necessarily. They just don't, they just don't go there quite yet. They don't say the full trade off. It's just, they worship the pit. Mm-hmm. And later we find out it's repeated multiple times. The pit wants what it wants. Yeah, that's pretty great. Yeah. So after after Bodhi's mom blows the pit alarm horn, the wise council gathers and they ask Dwy if uh, he's made a jug face later. He's like, I ain't made no jug face. <laughs> it's, I know it's such a terrible <laughs> lie. Yeah. He's like, the pit ain't said nothing to you at all. No. He's like, what, me? You talking to me? Or you're yeah. talking about the other Dwy? Yeah. Like, it's just so obvious that he's <laughs> he's so clearly covering. This is this is where we find out that like the way it works is that the the pit gives him uh gives him the vision. Um, he doesn't know whenever he makes a jug face because it like takes over his body and uses his body to make a jug face, and then he wakes up feeling funny, <laughs> and there just happens to be a jug face laying around. Well, I feel kind of fun. Oh, look at jug face! Oh, they gonna die? <laughs> Who gonna get it today? They're going to go be with the pit on a different plane of existence. <laughs> Clearly, this jug is the visage of I can't tell. <laughs> well, this one kind of looks like a whoever. <laughs> Who do I not like? <laughs> <laughs> that comes up later. <laughs> yeah, yep. Uh, and so uh, the plan that the, 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 the wise council decides that Dwight is going to go search his hut for the jug face again. Meanwhile, we're all going to wait until the pit guides his hand. (laughs) Maybe I just missed it. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, we get uh, Corber. We'll find out his name is Corber later. We're going to say, he says, uh, my daughter's going to roam these woods shunned forever. That's right. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Dwight goes back to his uh, his uh, his little hovel and starts freaking out while looking for the jug face and panic panic chugging moonshine. He's like begging the the pit, I guess, or whatever, the to, to tell him where the jug is. Yeah, yeah. This is where I thought his performance gets a little uneven. Whenever he has these little like soliloquies and just starts talking directly to the pit by himself in a room. <laughs> Yeah, he was very, he was uh, a little actorly at times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, 
It's like, where is it? Tell me. And then he pulls out a knife and threatens to kill himself if the pit doesn't tell him where the jug face is. <laughs> I'll do it, I swear. <laughs> I did like how he was kind of matter of fact about stuff. He just kind of came right out with it. There was a lot of that, like, but but that's this or that's going to happen. He's like, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Later on there. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> During all of this, Ada shows up, so he, he hides the knife under a quilt on the couch, and then she's going to sit down there, and he's like, oh, wait, <laughs> I might have left my knife under there. And then he's, he pulls it out, and he's holding it, and he says, uh, let me do something with this, and goes over to the corner and just kind of like tosses it down onto something, and I guess that's like this movie's one joke. Yeah, that was the, that was the hilarious sight gag. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that hilarious thing about the kill yourself knife. Don't sit on it. <laughs> oh, oh, Kinkle. <laughs> Most of this movie is Chad Crawford, but for this part, it was Kinkle. Yeah, he kinkled all over that yeah. part. Yeah, this is when Kinkle comes out to play. <laughs> During this, she finds the fetus jug. Yeah. It's pretty creepy looking. It's a yeah. jug where instead of a face, it's a it's a fetus. Yeah, that one's pretty. That one's pretty uh, self explanatory. <laughs> yep. Uh, apparently, this is a jug he made a while back, but didn't tell nobody because nobody got a baby right now. So he just figured it was a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> this is where the whole plot of this movie falls apart. Like at yeah. this point, it's not even Ada's fault. He made a jug and then hid it. Yeah. Because he didn't know what to do. Yeah, so the thing should be mad at him. Yeah, it should be mad at him, but instead it's mad at her. Yeah, and why did it go for the twofer anyway? It had to have her and the baby. Yeah, yeah, and instead of like starting to kill people after it wasn't given it the fetus that it wanted, uh, then it was like, all right, all right, you get a free pass on that one. Now we're going for the twofer. It's got to be the mom too, but I won't kill anyone until... I guess, a day after you make hers. <laughs> it's a little confusing. I, I do like that because it, it shows that uh, the pit has intentions. Like, it's actually, I guess, trying to keep this community okay. It's like, no, 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 no incest babies. That one's got to go. Yes, that's pit law. Yeah, like, mm, we, we got, I got to keep these sacrificers, you know, in, in good health. Like, you, you got to get that one out of here. <laughs> no incest babies because it's a very diverse gene pool in this bunch. <laughs> that uh, family tree is getting real narrow. Yeah, it's like 12 people, one eyebrow. <laughs> All the way across. Just a bar. <laughs> uh, she suggests that Dwight think real hard and maybe he'll see the face again. And, you know, you've never been wrong before, have you? Except for just then, whenever he made the uh, fetus. <laughs> joke face but but other than that yeah she gets back home loris is shined out of her nut and uh she tries to get out of uh talking with her mom but she says i ain't done with you go to the bathroom and she's gonna check to make sure that ada's hymen is intact yes shades of of a certain train <laughs> train movie that we may have seen at some point oh yeah this is just like that a creepy religion that is obsessed with a woman's virginity 
Yeah. Yeah. So so this has this has shades of uh Beyond the Door Three and shades of In the Earth to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. crazy all these things that tie I mean it's you know, you you expect it to a certain extent with horror films, but when you really kind of start to take note, it's amazing how much they you know, kind of borrow from each other. Yep. So this is a God in the dirt movie and also a creepy weird religion that women check on each other's hymens. Yeah. Some weird fertility thing. I guess when there's, when there's so few people, I mean the, you know, well, not yeah. I mean, they, they don't really explain the purity thing. Mm -mm. do they? No, I think uh, part of what makes this scene that, that is happening so good is that, in it, it, it's like just such a horrible situation to be in. And also it's an instance where like, obviously the pit is an evil deity. So that's a thing. But then this is also like, these are the religious people and they are making the misery of being, uh, of living in the, in the service to an evil deity, even more horrible by causing additional suffering amongst themselves. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's true. Yeah. I think you're right. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> that's yeah. why that's why I love this movie is like all of the crazy stuff in there and also like like the idea behind what this movie is. I think it's great. Executed excellently? No. <laughs> no, I mean it has its issues, but I liked it too. I think yeah. it's a good film. So let's see. She doesn't want her mother to check on her hymen. Mm -hmm. So her mother has to resort to burning her thighs with a cigarette. All uh, audition, all audition, right? And she, yeah. man, she wastes no time. Yeah, yeah, she doesn't really give extra chances, and burns the inside of her thighs with a cigarette. Checks on that there hymen, finds out it's not intact. Trouble brewing. So she starts uh, slapping her daughter. She's like, "I swear, I was just playing with myself," and. She doesn't believe her, so she pulls out a nice little carving knife and begins cutting the skin off of her daughter's knuckles oh, yeah, to get was... her to say who it was. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah, and uh, it's like this whole thing. She's like, I swear, I swear. And then finally she says, I swear on the pit. <laughs> That's and right. I guess that was good enough for Loris to stop shaving the skin off of her daughter's knuckles. Um, so she is now satisfied that that's the answer and says, clean yourself up. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Great yeah. scene. Fantastic acting. Horrific. Just, yeah, yeah. just horrible. Yeah. Very, very uncomfortable scene. There's even like uh, her dad checks on her, looks at her knuckles and like, Oh, your mama shouldn't have done that. <laughs> he knows immediately. Yeah. He is certainly not the worst person in this movie. Is Loris doing them knuckle shavings again? Oh, no, not more knuckle shaving. <laughs> I told her she needed to stick to the apple shine, not the peach shine. With the peach shine, she gets mean. <laughs> That's right. Um, we also find out that her brother's just a gross asshole when they're going to bed in their little little twin bed situation. Uh, he tells her to don't even try to hold any of this over him. She tells him that she's pregnant, to which he just goes to sleep and does not care. Yeah, he's really impressed. Yeah, and sweaty. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, I like, they just go to bed coated in sweat. <laughs> Everything, they're, they're, uh, 
their blankets look like they've been in a house where someone smokes for 20 years. It's just, yeah. it's just, everything's grimy and unpleasant. There's like amber drippings on the walls and yeah. stuff. I like that there's even his, uh, the box spring of his bed is cut open so you can hide stuff in there. That's just great. Yeah, it's real nice. That's where I keep my magazines. <laughs> so Ma don't see them. <laughs> um, let's see. Uh, uh, we see that Dwy is making a new jug face based on her suggestion of just whoever's face pops up into your head. Mm-hmm. And surprise, it doesn't look like anyone. <laughs> <laughs> but they determine at, a, at the ceremony, he unveils it and they're like, oh, well, that's obviously Bodie Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> well, gosh darn it. If that just ain't the spitting image of Bodie Jenkins. <laughs> well, it looks like you ain't going to be joining after all. Yeah. No one changes their clothes in this movie, by the way. This movie takes place over like a week of time and everyone is wearing the same outfit every day. <laughs> yeah, that must have been just delightful. Yeah, so so Bodie Jenkins is still wearing his his narrow suspenders and his his brown by way of yellow <laughs> t-shirt. <laughs> and uh, they cut his neck open and let all of the blood flow into the pit during a ceremony that has very very christian pastoral tones to it Mm -hmm. um and the you know he's he didn't want to and his parents said no it's fine and you know he's gonna go be with the pit now (laughs) oh lucky him yeah so bodie jenkins is dead and and now ada is no longer engaged to dead bodie jenkins yeah yeah this is the halfway point of the movie. Oh, wow. Is it okay? Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Ada goes to visit her grandpa where she finds him stuck on his shitting bucket. <laughs> like he's probably, he could have been there for days for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We know that she's basically the only one that ever checks on him. So the last time she was there was when she brought him the cold slimy beans and so he's just been on this bucket <laughs> and she's like are you done and gets him onto the bed and takes his bucket outside and flings the contents into the air and where she flings them the terrible cgi boy from earlier shows up oh i'm so disgusting <laughs> yeah yeah it's a real good that that bucket flinging was it was very convincing I mean, that guy must have had, like, an inch-deep divot, like, just carved in, like, a ring around his ass. Yeah, yeah, it's like one of those... In that bucket. Yeah, it's one of those, like, big, big industrial paint buckets, so it's just, you know, it's... <laughs> it's, got, it's got a real moon going on. <laughs> it's just horrible. The inside of his little Winnebago must smell amazing. Oh, God, she's... She really is a trooper. Yeah. <laughs> So this terrible CGI boy is a, uh, a naked young man. He, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he looks pretty bad music video. He's uh, black and white tones with like weird fake looking smoke swirling about him. Yeah. I don't really know how to describe it. It looks real bad. It looks real bad. Maybe like something out of a Pat Benatar video or something. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, it's not good. <laughs> <laughs> That's. That was a problem. Yeah, it, this is this is one that like this movie would have been better without this. Yeah. 
Um, so she runs away from him uh, by running into her grandpa's Winnebago. Then it just appears in there with them, starts talking to her. It says, do you know what I am? In a real dumb sounding voice. Yeah, with a, a man voice. Yeah, man voice. <laughs> and like weird <laughs> distortion. And she's like, you're one of the shunned. <laughs> Uh, tells her that she has to stop what she's doing, and we find out that the reason that her grandpa is the way he is is that he hid his wife's jug face, and that he himself, this shunned uh, apparition, was shunned because he died. He died as a result of her grandfather hiding the jug face. Uh, People poisoned her grandfather as punishment, and that's why he's the way he is. So is that what it is? Like people that are killed after somebody hides a jug face, basically they become shunned? I think so. I think anyone that dies between the jug face being made and that person being sacrificed is shunned. Or like maybe it's just ones that the pit kills or ones that they sacrifice. I don't know. Yeah. And why? Yeah. So, and the other thing is, why didn't... <laughs> Why didn't the grandfather ever get punished any further or the group or whatever? Like would the thing just gave up at some point? Well, I guess like they punished him by poisoning him. So that means that they found out. Oh, okay. So they, 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 that, I guess that was, that was satisfactory yeah. to, the, to the thing. Yeah. At, at a certain point, you know, they sat, they, they sacrificed his wife, I would assume and poisoned him probably with some moonshine um and and then that was that and they were all able to move forward again as a society how about when uh the shunned <laughs> how about when the shuns kept saying they you can't something like you can't hide it they will always get you or something oh was, was it, that it's like what is this they shit well we know that they're multiple shunned because he's not the shunned he's one of the shunned yeah i guess maybe that's what it was and we know, we find out later that the shunned can, <laughs> they can manipulate the physical world because later he helps the grandpa walk. Yeah, that was, that was quite a feat. Yeah, so maybe, maybe when the pit wants something, he makes the shunned get it for him. I don't know. And maybe it'd be nice if he had the shunned wipe that dude's ass out. <laughs> Could you please not put him in the bed before wiping? Good lord. He's got, he's only got those sheets. <laughs> Dear God. Then she goes to visit the, the moonshined up Dwai after re-hiding her jug face. Yeah, Dwai's all drunked up. Yeah, yeah. She she says, uh, I thought you didn't like moonshine. <laughs> and he's drunk. He's like, hey, this, I don't know why it's doing fine for me. I don't know whatever I had against it. It seems to be okay this time. Everything's fine. <laughs> we find out that Jessaby's sick. Yeah, poor Jessaby. Jessaby's skin hot. <laughs> He's got, he got got to look like he got a rash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It looks like he'd been in the sun just a little bit too long this day. And uh, maybe he's got some chemical burns. Uh, so Sustin is going to take him down to the pit for healing. <laughs> yeah. That's when we find out that's the deal. They sacrifice what the pit wants to them, and then the pit heals them of all their ills. And specifically of this horrible plague that is apparently 
re recurring in this place. Ever since uh, they survived the pox, the pit's been good to them. Yeah. Not, not not that it ever occurred to any of them that the pox was probably created by the fucking pit in the first place. No, certainly not. So now Ada's worried because she knows her brother's going to go splash around in the pit like an asshole. <laughs> in the gut-filled pit. So Under they, false pretenses. Yeah. She goes back to DeWise, like room for something? I don't remember. It's weird. This This part breaks down a little bit. Yeah, that was uh yeah, that part was strange. Yeah, he has he has okay, so he has the kid stripped down, get naked, climb in the pit, and splash himself with water that's magically clear all of a sudden. Yeah, get it all over you. Yeah. And then she has her one of her vision things, pit bubbles and thing comes up and <laughs> consumes Jessamy. Well, but not until after Jessamy says, I think I can feel it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you're, you're feeling something, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> His dad's just up at the top of the page like, yeah, that means it's working. <laughs> and then oh it bubbles God. too much, and his dad's like, all right, get on out of there. <laughs> but no, it garbage disposals Jessaby. <laughs> Jess would be smoothie. (laughs) (laughs) He just mulches him. Yeah. Yeah. There's just guts and chunks all over the place, splashed all over his dad's face. (laughs) Boy, I'll bet his dad felt like a jerk. (laughs) What an asshole. He has to go blow the pit horn while he's covered in blood. Man, I misread that one. (laughs) Damn. (laughs) <laughs> and then he goes and visits his wife still covered in blood and she's just looking at him she's like what happened <laughs> what the hell happened to you <laughs> this one where yeah we don't like you don't you don't get to really see the death it's just you see the chunks afterwards right yeah that's that's the uh, low budget aspect of this movie is the the kill shots are few and far between other than uh whenever people are sacrificed we do get a nice little neck cutting open business that's true we do get a little of that that's i guess that's the one big that's their big uh, gore shot like their violence shot yeah otherwise it's just guts strewn about yeah just blood and and guts ada confesses everything to dewy just before sustin loris and and uh, bodie's parents show up and uh beat the shit out of dewy <laughs> Yes, because clearly something's not kosher. Yeah. Sustin walks up to her and he's like, what did you do? And then just clobbers him and starts kicking him. (laughs) That's pretty rough. Dwight confesses that uh, he lost the jug face and made a new one from the person he had in his head, who was Bodie. (laughs) Yep. So they tie Dwight up to a log that's over by the pit. They have this, this was another not entirely great acting scene where they're like, well, you're going to be sacrificed to the pit, then you'll be shunned like those whose death you caused. And he's like, I know and accept it. <laughs> I know, that's so weird. <laughs> so that's their, their ideas. Uh, they'll, they'll kill him and then the pit will choose a new potter. So Ada goes to visit her grandpa and tell him that she's leaving and uh, tell him, you know, someone might not check on you for a few days, uh, but I love you. And uh, then she goes and cuts Dwight free, and they make an escape attempt with some jugs of moonshine. And 
by they just walk away because they don't have an automobile and they <laughs> make a car stop along the road, mm-hmm. which is what would obviously be a, a hillbilly ambush. But these people do stop and give them a ride into town. Yeah, but right before that, she tosses the jug out into the woods. The baby jug. Yeah, the baby jug. And if you wear your headphones uh, uh, to listen to it, you can hear it crack. Whereas if you just have it over the speaker, it just sounds like she throws it into the woods. Ah, I, that's interesting. I didn't I didn't do that. Yeah, this movie, other, other than that, there's no real reason to <laughs> listen carefully to this movie. Yeah, yeah. God, yeah, that thing where they, like, force the car to stop in the road and... I would be like so terrified. Like I'm about to die. Yeah, these people yeah. are going to kill me. Yeah, no way you're stopping. No, no, I you, you run that guy over. You do not let those people in your car every time. No, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> they go to the pharmacy and try to sell the moonshine to the pharmacist, while the daughter slash cashier tries to help Ada. But Ada starts getting pit visions, and we see that the pit kills Bodhi's mom. Yes, in grand fashion. Yeah, so we know that whenever Ada's supposed to die, the pit decides to really fuck with the Jenkin family. Yeah. I'm gonna punish I'm gonna punish Ada by killing all the people she hates. Yeah. I'll kill Ada's family if they're already in the pit. Otherwise, I'm gonna reach out and touch some Jenkin. So after she has the vision, Dwight looks at her and says, what it show you? And she says that she saw it take Pyre, which is uh, Bodie's mom's name. That's right, Pyre Jenkins. And he goes, so you do see through its eyes. <clears throat> okay, sure. Yeah, all right. We find out that the pharmacist has called Sustin to be like, yeah, someone's here with some of your shine. And so Sustin and Corber show up with a gun and uh, bring Ada and Dwight back to their horrible community. Oh, that's right. Corber. Corber. Yeah. Corber Jenkin. Corber Jenkin. Fine fella. Yeah. No family left. Nope. (laughs) Oops. He done been widified. God damn it. Well, maybe they can join him up. Yeah, maybe. Maybe there's some eligible bacheloress. That that young girl. Yeah. Back home, Loris slaps her. And it's all sorts of, where do you think you were going to go? Where all you've got? And accuses her of having had sex with uh, Dewey. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, mama. And she says, quote, He's good enough for you to run off with that he's good enough to get in your pussy. God, that was so horrible. (laughs) I was like, oh, okay. She really delivered that line in the least pleasant way possible, but it was so effective. Yeah, she uh, she was great. She's even like hunched over and like making this horrible tooth face. (laughs) Yeah, it's great. Fantastic. Great stuff, Sean. Well played. They whip Dewa and Ada. Yeah, they they string them up and whip them. Yeah, while boring electric guitar music is playing. <laughs> Very uncompelling guitar music. <laughs> yeah, it's it's just it's the worst parts of Black Snake Moan. Just like <laughs> the stuff that didn't make it into the movie. <laughs> then after they're whipped, uh, Loris is disinfecting Ada's 
back wounds in, in the bathtub and Ada miscarries and we see a really great little gory fetus puddle in the tub. Yeah, that was pretty disgusting. Yeah, that was that was that was good. That was a little David Lynch feeling moment. Mm-hmm. We get this shot of uh, Sustin and Lawrence, uh, Loris looking down at it, and being like, "Well, fuck." <laughs> <laughs> uh, Sustin feels guilty about whipping his daughter, not period, but because she was pregnant. Yeah, he's yeah, like, "Well, damn." Yeah. Yeah, if I'd known you was pregnant, I wouldn't have whooped on you. <laughs> Whereas Loris is like, no, <laughs> it was a good thing to do because she's a little piece of shit. <laughs> oh, yeah, her mother's a fine, fine person. God, she's so fantastically disgusting. Ada tells them that it was Jessabee's baby. <laughs> Why else do you think we took all those walks together? <laughs> yeah. And Sustin has to hold Loris back like in a comic movie. <laughs> like, no, no, no. And then he delivers this amazing line, which is, Is what you say true? <laughs> <laughs> He's a little too good at this role. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Larry Fessenden made for this movie. Is what you say true? <laughs> <laughs> Sustin. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh, they really, they really did good jobs on the names in this movie. I, I'd like to know if this is like the uh, back, like the one thousand most popular baby woods in Backwoods, Tennessee. Yeah, they are totally grossed out by all of this. They think that this is the ickiest thing they've ever encountered. <laughs> Even though they made them grow up in a room together where there is no one else to have sex with. Yeah. They think that this is weird and they are surprised. <laughs> yeah, their their powers of vision are not real strong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> them? Ew. Everything else we've done has been so wholesome. I've lived such a tasteful existence. <laughs> This assails my sensibilities. <laughs> Correct. We find out that she had already been promised to Corber because these people engage their daughters as soon as it's possible. Yeah, they, they really waste no time. Yeah. His wife, Corber's wife, just got destroyed. He's like, well, I need a new one. <laughs> Might as well do me the one I hate the most. Yeah, gonna have to pop get one of them that can pop out some more replacement babies. <laughs> so the mom starts complaining and bemoaning their state of affairs and like, what are we gonna do? What are we gonna do? Where <laughs> Sustin Larry Fessenden delivers another amazing line. Woman, would you shut your mouth and let me think? <laughs> It's hilarious. He has to take his hat off to say it. <laughs> I thought he was gonna. I thought steam was gonna come out of his ears. <laughs> he did so good. <laughs> he wanders off. He's like, I'm gonna go to the pit because it's gone so well so far. Yeah. So he's gonna go to the pit, and Ada sneaks out of the window to go speak with the shunned boy, who tells her there's no other way to make it right. You know what you have to do. 
back at the pit, Dwight is chained up and he's talking to the pit <laughs> and saying he's not afraid of the pit. And uh, Sustin comes up and confronts him about Ada. And uh, he's like, no, I didn't. No. And then uh, then the pit eats Sustin. <laughs> yep. Just grabs him for a good munching. <laughs> There's guts strewn all over the place. And I guess also what happens is the pit hands the horn to Dewey so he can blow it. Because he suddenly has the horn. Yeah, out of nowhere. Oh, yeah, and he's 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 chained up now. So he is chained to the log since the ropes didn't work the first time. He is now entirely chained to the log, but somehow he gets the horn, which is de- normally hanging from a tree somewhere else. Yeah, it's a level of delicacy that the beast is not known for. Yeah, the pit is like, chop, chop, chop. Oh, here, by the way, you might want to blow this. Oh, uh, do I, uh, you, <laughs> in order to make the story continue, I'm going to need you to blow into yeah. this. Uh, you who, here, here you go. You're welcome. <laughs> You're my favorite. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Laura shows up. She sees Sustin chunks all over the pit and all kinds of anger happens. Finally, Ada confesses, shows them the jug face of her. Quote, the pit wants what the pit wants. Mm-hmm. So they tie up Ada next to Dewey. Corber's mad about this. She's like, what about our deal? <laughs> the pit wants what the pit wants, Corber. God damn. <laughs> then as they're leaving uh, them tied up together, Corber says, sleep tight, which is at, at this point I realized that Corber is just really the most non-character in this whole movie. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. He's got lines, he's there, but he just does not have characteristics beyond that. No, he's not an actual person. <laughs> no. <laughs> then in the middle of the night, Grandpa and the shunned boy come and visit them. Uh, they untie her and give her a chance to escape. But the shunned boy explains that if she leaves, the pit will let her leave, but it will kill Dewey. Whereas if she stays, she will you know, be sacrificed to the pit, but it will let Dewey live. Yeah. And what a wonderful thing to do, letting Dwight live. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is the new objective of this movie, is ensuring Dwight's survival, because that's what happens. She stays to save Dwight, uh, but not until after the shunned boy helps the grandpa walk away. Like, the grandpa's leaning on the shunned boy, who is supposed to be a ghostly apparition, but has his arm around the grandpa and is helping him walk. (laughs) Ask, please, no, ask no questions. Yeah, which means, like, why did the grandpa need to be there? (laughs) Yeah, that's a long way to go, just to... Not talk. Yeah, to not (laughs) talk. To do nothing except shit himself. It, you you could say maybe the shunt boy only shows up near where the grandpa is, but we saw him earlier nowhere near the grandpa. And yeah, it's he, like they're buddies or something. Yeah, and we know that she he doesn't need the grandpa to be there to untie the ropes because he is helping the grandpa walk. So it's not, it, it doesn't make sense. It really doesn't. And it's terrible because the shunned boy looks like ass. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah. pure unadulterated ass just just not great stuff going on there it's like if uh the monster from headcount just kept showing up in a bunch of different scenes 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. So the, he, she stays, they leave. Uh, she stays there, not tied up. Uh, they have a, a whole heart-to-heart scene between uh, Dewa and Ada, uh, where we find out that he couldn't just couldn't live with himself if she died on account of him, uh, which he does. Yeah, and that whole scene carries zero emotional weight. Not not really very good at all. <laughs> it's because the film just never really builds the characters enough for you to care that, that in that way, really. Yeah, there's there's not really a, a stake given to like we we know that they're friends, but like the actual like li- I don't know, it just doesn't matter. Yeah, we know they have a history as you know, growing up together in this community and they obviously have each other's back. He's obviously sweet on her, but those are all stereotypical things that we've all seen in a million movies. So if you're going to, if you're going to do that, you might want to try to flesh them out a little bit more so that they can at least carry that idea yeah. instead of, instead of have that idea be the, the sum total of who they are, you know? Yeah. That's about what's going on here. It's, it's, uh, it's real strange. Um, he, he confesses that he loves her. She's like, I know, I guess that's like their little Han Solo business. It's a, lots of close up of their necks as they swallow. <laughs> oh yeah, no, there's this another part of the horrible scene is as the grandpa and the shun boy are are walking away. Dewey is doing this really unpleasant. Uh, Where are you going? Hey, get back here! Uh, yeah, <laughs> no, don't do that. Please stop talking. Don't. Uh, but yeah, so the next morning comes around. They find uh, they find Ada is still there, but she's not tied up. Where it's like, who let her go? And Corbett's like, it doesn't matter. She's not going anywhere. Meaningless. Okay, whatever. Yeah, they just let that go. Yeah. So they have a whole ceremony uh, with her head on on the stump, and there's a whole little the pit gives and the pit takes away. It is an honor to go be with it away from this earthly plane. I hope you are satisfied with this sacrifice. The pit wants what the pit wants. And Ada apologizes to all the people that died because of her. And then they chop her neck open with that crazy sacrifice knife that they have. And all of her lifeblood spills out into the pit slowly while she makes eye contact with just off screen. Yeah. And she's dead. And then the movie closes with us seeing Dewey replace one of the jug faces on his little shrine with her jug face and light some candles around it. And then just has himself a little sit down and be sad all while nothing's going on. And then it's the closing credits and the director's friend's band plays horrible music. Oh, is that who they were? I don't know. I assume. <laughs> yeah. Because it was terrible. It was real bad. <laughs> it's like, oh God, what is this indie rock shit that we're going to throw on the end here? 15 seconds to the moon. Oof. <laughs> Something like that. It's bad. Yeah. And that's that movie. That's it. That's that's Jug Face. Yep, Jug Face. It's a, it's a, uh, it's an interesting film. Um, it's a, it's, it's got, it's got some issues. Yeah, definite issues. I really liked it a lot. I think I think it's interesting because it's not set up the way horror movies normally are. Um, this feels like the prequel to a, a normal horror movie, you know, mm-hmm. where people from the city get lost in the country and encounter this village and get sacrificed to the pit. Yeah. 
this like, what if those cultists or whatever, what if we had a, a slice of life out of their existence without the city people involved? Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 strange because it has it has a lot of things going for it, and then there's other things that are just odd, like you know this, this group out of time kind of element. When you realize it's actually contemporary, and you know you don't really know anything about their backstory other than you know other than what you see in the little opening scene, and then you know just what you gather throughout the film, which is very little. Mm-hmm. So it's just this this you know, group of mountain folk who ha- at some point, you know, somehow their paths crossed with some sort of entity that lives in a pit with no real, you know, no, well, no explanation whatsoever as to, you know, the origin, how they discovered it. None of that stuff is really even relevant, I guess. It's not answered. I guess it's fine. I mean, I would imagine what happened is someone was digging a pit one day and then they <laughs> came across their God. Yeah. I mean, they, you know, and then somebody gave birth to someone who, you know, seemed to have these weird visions that lined up with things that happened or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I guess every time a, a potter died, uh, the pit would choose a new one. We find that out. So so it's, you know, a continuously reinforcing creepy real life religion thing. Yeah. And these people could have been there for quite some time. Yeah. Yeah. We don't we don't we don't rightly know. Yeah. <laughs> But it does seem like the the uh, availability of their future is dwindling because um, part of it was that they even said in there that uh, when she was talking to that first girl that gets killed, they were like, Ma says we need like five or six babies to keep things going around here. And then she dies. Both of the young <laughs> breeding age men are killed. And it seems like there's... Not really a, much of a future for this community. Yeah, Corber better polish up his wiener because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think he's going to be going after Loris. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Like, what? Yeah, that, that that was. It's like okay, what? So the monster is getting a little carried away, killing people. Like maybe forgetting, hey, if you kill too many people, you're not going to have anyone to give you sacrifices. Yep. <laughs> like, oh, Ada's family is really pissing me off. I'll kill all Jenkins. <laughs> I didn't really think this one through. Yeah. He's <laughs> a very passionate demon. Yeah, so uh, so that community is fucked. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because it's such a depressing story, but it doesn't really play that way. Yeah, no, it, it, it doesn't try to hammer that home. It's it's playing with the, the normal normal horror movie elements and not really like diving in on just how depressing this is, but it, it, it effectively conveys the depressing, you know? Um, yeah. It's very bleak. I mean, there is no future for, for any, anyone in this group. Well, just outside of being slaughtered. Yeah. And, and even like the state of disrepair of everything tells of the, everything is devolving like this, while this is a God that's guiding their hand, it's not a God that's necessarily, I don't know, got the long game in mind. Yeah, this is a this god le- leads a relatively simple existence. Uh, mm-hmm. He just kind of lords over this mud pit <laughs> and gets his jollies out of tormenting a bunch of hillbillies. <laughs> okay, go ahead. No one else yep. cares. 
no one else was going to do it. <laughs> yeah, no one else cares at all about these people. So yeah. go right ahead. And uh, we know we know throughout the movie that Jessipe is the uh, the one in charge of running the still. So I don't know if their moonshine business is going to recover. That's true. It's possible that that Corber, <laughs> uh, you know, since I guess that's that's man work. Probably the only other one who might even know how to do it. Who can say? But yeah, no this this movie this movie is really cool. I, I like that it it goes so far off the beaten path of normal horror movies. And I'm super nerdy about this stuff, like this crazy evil deity. That is what seals the deal for me. I that's what made me love this movie is that there's just a creepy god, like a horrific god that they all worship, and it's great. <laughs> yeah, and it's a, a particularly cold cold one, and and they don't. They don't even really put in even the slightest effort trying to flesh it out in any way, which I mean in a good way. It's completely, almost entirely kept up, left up to your imagination. You do kind of see a flash of it, I think, when uh, when uh, when Jessabe gets uh, eaten. <laughs> it looks a bit like the alien monster, if I remember. Oh, really? Yeah, I think you see a flash of it. I know there was like a little flash in there of like a flashback of them having sex in the woods, but I'll, yeah. I'll have to go back and look again and see if I can't get like a still frame of a monster in there. Cause I want to see that. I think it's kind of blurry. Like some of the shots are, are double shots. Uh, so it's, it's, you know, two shots together, but I wanted to say I saw teeth and, you know, like a big creepy monster mouth and stuff. Excellent. Mm -hmm. Ooh, I'm going to have to find that. That reminds me, we got uh, we got a comment on our podcast, and they wanted to let us know that the blood splatter from the Empty Man, you know, the mm -hmm. blood splatter on the the back of the wall, yeah, apparently that looks like the blood splatter portrait in the cabin of the Empty Man. Blood Oh, okay, yeah, blood splatter portrait. Yeah, there's like a, a, a not blood splatter, but like a oh, a when they do that painting. Yeah, 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 yeah. I I thought we addressed that. Did we? I Maybe not. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't know. But thanks for the comment. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Thank you to let me let me find his name real quick. We'll shout out. Your name is Pinhead X. Thank you, Pinhead X. Thank you, Pinhead X. We appreciate it. John, if you had to rate this movie that we're talking about today, Jugface. Yes. On a scale of zero, meaning this movie is does not count to five, mm -hmm. meaning that this movie is great. Where would you rate this movie? I will give Jugface a three. Hey, nice. <laughs> I, uh, I liked it. Uh, I, I had some issues for me. Uh, what pulled it through were the actors who I like a lot. Um, I like the premise and, um, and, and, you know, some of the effects I thought were decent, even though they were sparse, uh, some of the decisions, as we had mentioned, like not really showing the creature was a good call, but then showing the shunned, I thought was a big mistake. Yeah. So there was, there was a lot of that kind of give and take for me. Um, and, and so I think, yeah, for me, I think I'd give it a three. I, I would recommend watching it, especially if you're a horror fan, it's, it's a strange movie and a strange story and it's, you know, arguably pretty, uh, <laughs> doesn't do a very good job of portraying uh, mountain life, which, you know, there's real people who live in these kinds of situations and uh, <laughs> they're real people with real feelings. Yeah. <laughs> they're not just cartoon characters that go, let's get the shine. 
So I was a little, I was a little kind of dismayed at how over over the top cartoonish they were as far as mountain folk, and because I kind of get the impression without knowing anything about Chad Kinkle is that he's maybe from you know a part of the country that is is kind of similar or I think he's from Tennessee, yeah, yeah, and so you know that he's got something, some sort of knowledge of this kind of life in his background. And usually when a, when a filmmaker kind of, or somebody kind of makes good from a community like that, because it's really <laughs> rare, I mean, it's just, it's so tough to get out of that life. But Makes good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but usually when somebody escapes that world, it, you know, they, they, they tend to look back on it maybe, you know, with a certain amount of respect. I mean, that's where they came from. That's, you know, so I wonder I like he must not be from there. Maybe he just it's kind of a world he knew about. I don't know. I'd be curious to kind of find out the, the the story behind that. Historically, I would say the horror genre and and like Hollywood all over, like the movie world hasn't been terribly kind to country people. No, not at all. But usually, <laughs> usually if somebody's from there, they 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 treat it a little bit better. We we do have a we have in this movie uh, an alumni from the movie Nell too. So yeah, yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, good point. So this well, movie really tays in the wind. Yeah, yeah. Well, Josh, sir, yeah. what uh, what well, if you had to rate well, this film? <laughs> what uh, you know on a rating from zero, which is uh, a turd underneath your shoe. <laughs> To five, uh, Jesus is peeing on your head. Oh, which, which, where would you find it in that continuum? I also gave this movie a three, which I believe relates to, I would not be happy if I had to sacrifice this movie to the pit. (laughs) The pit. Yeah. I, I really loved the, the themes that this movie played with. I thought while it's portrayal of, extreme poverty wasn't necessarily great or kind. I thought it was uh, a really good setting for this type of horror and, and for the outlandishness of, of what it was. And uh, we got to see a, a really good contrast between this real horror movie horror. And then also like this real actual human horror. I, I I really liked that. I really liked that it it felt like a movie that was related to other movies, like it's a setting that a, another movie could move into and have an its own other type of horror movie. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought it was great. It's super worth watching. It, it's definitely one to add to your have seen pile. It's not a masterpiece. It, the Technical execution of it was shaky. You know that the actors did a fine job most of the time. Lauren Ashley Carter just kicks ass as always, as does Larry Fessenden. I never didn't believe him. <laughs> yeah, he, he was probably the most believable. But yeah, there was like the shunned was just real bad. It, it took me out of it, and there are just things that could be better, like the soundtrack. That soundtrack was real unpleasant and uncomfortable. Yeah, the soundtrack was was just didn't really work for yeah. me. It did a fine job when I didn't notice it, but anytime you noticed the soundtrack in this movie, it was unfortunate. Yeah, it drew, it drew your attention, which was not not good. So, so yeah, so that's from the two of us. That's a combined six out of ten, which is you know that's solid. That's that's pretty normal horror movie range. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. I mean, it was uh, yeah. I think we both we both enjoyed it for sure. I think and. 
to kind of add a little bit, I would say that like, you know, some of the strengths in the movie also could be some of the weaknesses for me, like, uh, like Lauren Ashley Carter's performance, which was great. At the same time, she was a little, a little too urbane almost in the way she spoke and, and, you know, there was a, almost like a sophistication to her character at times that that just seemed a little bit, well, a little bit like way beyond what you would expect from this person in real life. Yeah, she's a little sophisticated. <laughs> I think she's I mean, been sneaking some online education in there. Yeah, yeah. She just she just seemed more, you know, like they they overall they didn't seem particularly backwoodsy. They just seemed like people playing people that were backwoodsy. You know, I mean, I didn't get the impression that, you know, any of these people, except Larry Fessenden. I mean, he, I mean, you, if if I didn't know who he was, <laughs> yeah, you would just assume that they found him there. Yeah, like they 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 had an open auditions at this place. Yeah, he's pretty great. Yeah, we're gonna be doing a movie town over. You wanna? Hell yeah, I'll do it. Do I have to take off my hat? <laughs> Only sometimes. Okay. Y'all could use my shine if you like. Someone got cherries in it. Will you just let me think? <laughs> oh my god, yeah. He he definitely delivered the best lines in this movie. <laughs> yeah, he's great. He's 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 pretty much a, a scene stealer in most movies. Yeah. I I have not seen Dementor yet, but I I want to. I'm going to have to I'm going to have to go out. Right now I believe it's only available for money, but I think uh, I think uh, Chad Crawford Kinkle has proven that he is worth a $2.99. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm pretty excited to see Dementor. John, other business before we close up shop on this Epersurd? Epersurd. <laughs> um, no, I, I'm cool Cool to hear that somebody had uh, had commented. Feel free to get in touch with us if you have questions or comments or you want to tell us that we're idiots or your name's Chad Kinkle. Uh -oh. and you're going to feed us to the pit, whatever, oh, no. <laughs> you know, get in touch. Yeah. You could get in touch with us for all of those topics and more at our Twitter or Instagram accounts, which are at loathsome pod, or you can reach out to us on Facebook at loathsome things. Recommend some movies for us. If you like, we, we, we're uh, always open to that. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, while you're while you're out there, while you're right here, you're listening to us right now. You're listening to us on some kind of podcatcher. While you're there, if you would leave us a rating and review, that would be great. That way, uh, other people can find us, or you can warn other people about us. Whatever it happens to be. Yeah, I, even if you don't like it, uh, you know we we understand, but. Uh, Give it us a give us a review anyway. Yeah, absolutely. And sit at the edge of your seats for two weeks when we will be back and we will review another horror movie, as is our want. Oh my god, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> he said so sincerely, even though we still don't know what we're gonna watch next. <laughs> but I can't wait to see it. We're gonna talk about that. Oh, it's my favorite. <laughs> so fans of ours, you know, you fans, go out there, watch horror movies, tell us about them, and, and keep living life and being safe. Yeah. Yeah. What he said. All right. Bye, people. Bye.